Warning, if you're faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you. Hey, Nick, you know that almost everyone I met in Cleveland is afraid to fly? <laughs> you're weird. Welcome to the Nick Fertucci Show with Nick Fertucci and Veronica Brill. So shout out to Jack Casino in Cleveland, Ohio. I spent the weekend there with the ladies event. Uh, we'll get into the Vag trophies for sure. I really wanted to bring back a Vag trophy for you. I, I want one. I wanted to, I got fourth place in the women's tournament, but I really wanted to win it just oh, to bring it back here. Oh, we put it right here. Put it right here and that would be the centerpiece forever. If, if you do get one one day, could you make sure it's a little smaller? Nick, we all know you need a tight hole for that. <laughs> God. <laughs> I literally, oh. So uh, I was in Cleveland, okay, enjoying myself. Had the best time. Stayed at the Ritz, by the way. You don't put me up in the Ritz. You should. But uh, you I gave interviewed- you a bucket. <laughs> to shower with. Well, it may not be the Ritz, but you got, you got a, bucket. a bucket of lukewarm water because you, you don't have any That's hot it. water. So anyway, you decided to do an impromptu interview with Phil Hellmuth. And like, yeah. let me just say, um, I've underestimated your interview skills. I'm not just saying this. Uh, like, I honestly, when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be get like 100 views. So I was wrong about that. And then I was like, there's no way he's that good of an interviewer. You did a phenomenal job. You interrupted him a little bit, but like, I think that happens in a normal conversation sure. and people need to understand that. But man, I don't think that there was anything I could have added to that interview. I think you did a perfect job. Well, oddly, because I can't believe you're saying something like that. Thank you. Um, and I appreciate it. But I will say, uh, not defensive posture. The reason that I think I interrupted him a little bit is this is my opinion is because Phil is extremely long-winded. And when you ask him a question, he, he doesn't off. answer the question. He gives, he starts with the same resume. No matter what you ask him, he can, he will pivot to his resume of accomplishments. And then a lot of times won't get to the point. And so there was a couple times like on the third resume where I'm like, but you know, because you kept trying to keep him in yeah, line because, you know, we're going to put an hour, hour and a half out. It can't it can't just be, you know, him answering with the same bullet points. So but but point taken. Yeah, I probably did that. No, it, it was fine. I could tell your line of questioning was basically trying to keep his train on the rails because, yeah. man, he derails quick. He's, he, he's difficult. Like when I say difficult, I mean, he is difficult because it, you are dealing with a massive ego, a massive ego. So you have to be very careful. And Phil is high, highly sensitive to like certain topics. So, you know, sometimes when I was, I was prefacing things before I would ask him the question to put him at ease that I'm not trying to attack him or be someone that's trying to put him down. And then he even corrected me and said, just give me the question. Don't, you know, whatever. And then he did it to me and whatever. But 
because there was some times where he, I could tell I'm a, I'm a people person. I could read his posture and he recoiled a few times. And, and so I, he was difficult to make him like really believe that I'm, I'm, I'm really giving you a platform. I'm going to ask you, listen, Phil is such a big personality and he is big, so big in the poker world that anytime he's been in conversations, he's dominated the conversation with people interviewing him or talking to him and they softball him. And I was refused, I refused to do a softball thing with Phil. That would have been boring. It would have been not accomplished what we needed to accomplish. And there was a lot of tough subjects for him that he had to finally put down his resume and answer. I think that as a poker community, we're done with softball interviews. We don't yeah. like them anymore. They're not working for us. We want the truth. We want authentic reactions. Yeah. We want to see emotion. And uh, I feel like we got a lot of that out of him, but he still stood sturdy with a lot of his viewpoints. Oh, he, he wasn't going to come off his viewpoints. I mean, Phil believes what he believes and, and you're not going to like, but like when I asked him point blank, did, did, are, does it hurt your feelings that people want to watch Alan Keating play and not you anymore? And he went off and started talking about a bunch of things. And I said, yes or no. And he went, yes because that's the answer and it was hard for him. And then you asked him if his elbow was cold. <laughs> well, it hit me into the interview that he was and that he was wearing his jacket on one arm. It just that's how my mind thinks like I'm squirrel, you know, like You're I'm, very squirrely. Yeah, if so, something is off or a light or yeah. something you're like, "Oh, and then your so, brain is there." As it hit me, I just that's just how I talk. He's like halfway through answering you and you're like, is your elbow co cold? No, like, the, the, the first one was, and it's just, you're right. I did cut him completely off a map to make a joke. <laughs> and I said, Phil, hold on. And right in the middle of his talking and I go, do you pitch? And he goes, he looked at me like, what the fuck? And I go, do you pitch? And he goes like this. And I go, the jacket, your arm. I said, are you like, are you a pitcher? What are you keeping your elbow warm? What are you doing? Are you coming in in the ninth? What's going on? And he was like, he, I could think, I, I, I heard his words in his head like, fuck you. And then he just kept talking. He didn't even answer me. He just kept he, answering. He kept saying to you, do you want me to continue on yeah. this point or would, do you want to just move on? Yeah, and you're would just Would like, you like to chop up the question like everyone else does? I'm like, dude. And one time, I, all I said was, okay. And he, and he stopped. He goes, let me finish. And I go, I didn't say anything. Now, Phil, you know how I feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great interview. I mean, everyone loved it. I think it's going to be more popular than our Garrett interview. That one so far is our most popular, but it yeah. was our first. Um, so I was, of course, perusing through 2 plus 2 poker and perusing through poker Twitter. And people were saying that Phil Helmuth uh, playing on Live of the Bike that same week that you decided to counter Live of the Bike and do the high stakes week, which was incredibly successful. You Thank blew you. them out of the water. Yeah. Uh, this is objectively it was like a true. Snuff film. I I do not enjoy kissing Nick's ass. I don't enjoy it. We I'm know. objectively saying this, okay? So you blew them out of the water. Yeah. Okay. I can't I can't say a lie. Um and a lot of people were saying that Phil going on Live of the Bike actually did you guys a favor because no one wants to watch Phil min by and sit on 20 big blinds and be absolutely horrendous to watch. And he's great to watch on a final table of a mid stakes event of like a $1,500 buy-in World Series of Poker event. Yeah. But man, it's hard to watch him on a high stakes cash game. And people were saying he did you a favor. So 
although they had Phil Hellmuth week on Live at the Bike, it was good yeah. because it left all the lame or bad action over there. What do you think about that? Well, what I think about that is I'm glad it worked out the way it did. And I'm glad Phil did what he did because it did work out to our, our benefit. And he and, said he regretted <clears throat> min buying or buying yeah. in so short. Yeah, he started. Okay, so Phil, I believe now, I believe, understands the concept that he can't do this anymore if he wants to be a headline and he wants his reputation and his brand to be anything. I think he really does understand that now. Um, Phil kept countering it with, would you change, Nick, if the last 25, 30 times you played, you won 29? And I'm like, Phil, there's two different things at play here. You're talking if, about two different if things. If you want to say that your strategy, min buying in a deep game, isn't plus EV, yes, it is. And yes, it's to your advantage. And yes, that style probably will eke out your wins that you're getting. That's not what I'm asking you. And that's not what I'm saying. And for a show and for the Phil Helm Youth Week, and you want to go there and be the premier player, regardless if that's your winning strategy, it's your it's a losing strategy in the eye of the beholder. It's just a losing strategy. No one wants to watch it. And that's why your feelings are hurt because nobody wants to watch you and they want to watch Alan Keene. They want to watch this. They don't want to watch that. So I think he got it. And even though he got it, you know, he still has to hold on to the pieces that he needs to hold on to for his ego or pride and that's fine and and phil inherently is a nice guy he just here's the thing it's i should have said this to him on air i regret not saying it i just didn't think of it if he would just stop bragging and he would just stop defending points that he knows is i just are not valid and he would just say look here's who I am, here's what I do, I agree with this point, I should have done that, and he just lets his 16 bracelets speak for themselves. He lets his, his brand that he's built that's amazing speak for itself. I promise you that so many people in this industry would give him more of the, of the edification that he's looking for, but when you constantly edify yourself, it doesn't have that effect. It's like I told him when LeBron said, I'm the greatest player because of this play, and, and did that, every person that thinks he's a great player didn't like him anymore and now wanted to pound the shit out of his point with Jordan's the best, uh, Russell's the best. It's like, look, let your reputation, and it's so stupid that any poker player can just say, I'm the best in the world. What does that mean? The best what? On stream? The most winning player? Like, what are we talking about here? It's so subjective that it's, re it's stupid. So let me say a couple points to that. Uh, number one, he may have had um, 18 out of the last 20 or whatever he said, 20 out yeah, of the last 22 sessions cares? winning. But when you're min buying and and you're you're not playing to the deep stacks at the table, you're losing money because he could have won. So yeah, maybe he won every time, but he didn't maximize his wins. He probably minimized his wins yeah. with such a short stack. How much could you possibly make in one session buying in for 10 or 20 big blinds. I'm not exactly sure how much he bought in for each one of those sessions, but I guarantee you he didn't maximize his wins, number right. one. Number two, I hate saying this, 
because I feel like Phil might take it as an insult because I really do like Phil. Phil has been one of my favorite people to interview. He's always kind to me. He's always like, he showed up to um, my fundraiser for KL and like, I didn't even invite him and he showed up and he donated and he brought a lot of awareness to it. So Phil, like, I really appreciate you. He said some seriously nice things about you. And he's a great person. I saw that. I really appreciate it. But I want to say that I think like the way, why he touts about his success and why he brags about it or whatever it's perceived i don't even think he's necessarily bragging i think he sees himself a certain way and that's ingrained in him and reality or like other people's perceptions are clashing with what he sees of himself and he doesn't understand that delta he truly can't grasp the delta he truly believes it yeah, like he so, in his core believes what he's telling yeah, and, you. Yeah, and people people often message me because I interviewed Phil on Poker After Dark, and I've ran into Phil so many times, and he's a lovely human. But he's that is genuinely who he is. He's yeah. not an actor. Yeah. He's not a caricature. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And for those of you who don't know Phil, which are many of you listening, I'm not just saying this. He tr- like like Veronica's saying he truly is a good person, a nice guy, a great family man, and he's just he is. He just can't get out of his own way because he believes that. And I will tell you, me personally, even though he asks for it, the way he acts because of his beliefs in himself, I hate seeing it. Like for me, I literally hate seeing it. I kind of semi feel bad for him. I'm like, why should I feel bad for him? He's got 16 bracelets. He's making millions in poker. He's built the greatest brand. He lives in brand. Palo Alto. He, he can wake up in Palo Alto, whatever he said. So it's like, there's nothing to feel bad about, but like, I know it hurts him so deeply when it happens that it, it actually, like, I hate seeing it. I hate hearing it and seeing it because like, I know he kind of tries to mean well, but man, every time he goes back into that mode, it's like, well, you're going to get it again. Like you're just not going to, it's not going to go over well. Poker kind of is a self-fueling machine. What would we talk about if we didn't have the Phil Hellmuths and the Mike Mattisau? And it's so ironic that yeah. Mike Mattisau is one of his best friends. It's so <laughs> interesting to me. They're both such strong characters. Yeah. And and like, I would never think that Mattisau is a person you would call for advice. But a lot of people do. I know Mattisau, I guess like from my perspective, from, from things I've seen, I've never like sat... I've interviewed him on Poker After Dark, but I never sat down with him and got to know him as a person. So I don't really know. He seems like a nice person who kind of has made some weird decisions, like yeah. bringing Mike Possel on yeah. his show. Yeah, and I, I don't want weird. to. I don't want but, to uh, look like I'm just like insta-broing these guys because they're big names. Mike Matisau also is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's a pure nice person. I know him. I actually like communicate with him, mm-hmm. and uh, he is a good person, but. He's Mike the Mouth because he has a big mouth. He has a, he's over opinionated, which is fine. You know a lot of people are over opinionated. What's funny about Mike Matisau is like I've I've talked to like three or four really big name pros who are like, yeah, I talked to Mike Matisau for like an hour last night. I like really was unsure about what I should do about this, and I'm like, people call him for advice. Mike Matisau is a very smart guy. He has some opinions that a lot of people won't agree with, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying in general, he's a very smart guy and he's a very good poker player. But now. This goes back to like does like the Doug Polks and the Doug and the Berkeys like has the game passed him has this hey I don't know all I know is Mike's problem isn't how and what he knows about poker Mike's problem is that like you said some of the decisions he makes bankroll management going so, on tilt maybe drinking in the past there's I don't multiple know. ways to lose money in poker right. and 
playing badly is just one of them, but more yeah. than likely it's people having drug alcohol problems, gambling on the dark side, sure. gambling, playing poker while you're yeah. high or drunk, you right. know, that you could still be a good poker player and go yeah. broke. Yeah. And so, like I said, Mike's genuinely a nice guy. And the reason why a lot of people spend that time talking to him is because he'll give his time. He's a nice person. So sure. speaking of poker, Mm -hmm. The Women's Poker Hall of Fame mm -hmm. is looking to induct two new members. Right. So uh, first, Kristen Foxen. I have to say, Kristen Foxen is one of the most accomplished women in poker. And I genuinely think she should be in the Poker Hall of Fame. Sure. Like, I haven't seen... I mean, I guess I'm not on top of every single stat in poker. I'm not sure if there's another woman who has recently been as accomplished as Kristen Foxen, but um, I like that she will be, I think she's getting inducted into the uh, Women's Poker Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. But we have Vanessa Selps. Okay. Um, Vanessa Selps was also a very accomplished player. She has, uh, I believe, two or three World Series of Poker bracelets um, on a lot of TV shows. And it's... And I looked at the qualifications to be in the Poker Hall of Fame. Uh, by the way, Kathy Liebert's in there. I love Kathy Liebert. Um, but uh, you don't necessarily have to be like the winningest player. You can also be an influence on, in uh, sure, poker. There's, um, there's components to being in the Hall Yeah, of there's fame. many variables involved. Mm -hmm. So people were kind of up in arms because they're saying Vanessa Selbst was um, behaved poorly, not a kind person. And I'm interested in what you think because I think her accomplishments speak for themselves. She was very visible during a time where very few women were in poker and very few women were highly accomplished in poker. I also think as a woman, like you get a lot of shit from men when you're playing, especially like 20 years ago when she was probably starting out or when she was doing well. And I, and I think like, I've met a lot of women in the corporate world who, kind of have this like front about them like they're they come across as quote unquote bitchy but it's mm. because they don't want to be dealing with shit and they just want to get the job done and they're there for a reason and they're not there to like you know have small talk they just want to do their job and and like i don't know why vanessa came across badly to some people apparently she was not treating people well but i kind of like want to give her a little bit of room for error here. And I, I kind of want to see her in the Poker Hall of Fame because I think she was so influential. Yeah. So here's my opinion. Uh, again, opinions are opinions and some people are going to not like this because everyone feels differently. Um, I see this like I see, and it's a little different because of the integrity issue with Pete Rose. Uh, there's a so many people in big movement that he should never be in the Hall of Fame and they agree with it and what a piece of cheesy is and all that. I disagree. I think he is a he got what he deserved. He's paid for it. And um, whether he thinks he did wrong, doesn't, I don't care. The man hit those, yeah, he went on those hitting streaks. He, he played the game like a beast. He was a Hall of Fame baseball player. So if you want to put an asterisk by it, go ahead. But I think she'd be in the Hall of Fame. Same thing goes. I know nothing about Vanessa at all. Zero about her. I don't care if she's the worst person, bedside manners person in the world. Um, short of anything, if her accomplishments 
say she should be in the Hall of Fame, then let her be in the Hall of Fame because like, who cares if she's grumpy? Who cares if she's a bitch? Who cares if she's mean? Who cares like if she's a great poker player and has accomplishments? Like I understand that there's a character aspect to be in these things and that's part of it and you know, whatever. But like, I don't think somebody who doesn't like someone's personality or if someone is just like not a great personality or just maybe not a great person. I don't know. And I'm not saying that because I don't know her. Um, if she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, put her in the fucking Hall of Fame. So there's a difference between being kind of a crabby jerk and like having a criminal record and doing something egregious. So Vanessa has just been accused of being a crabby jerk and not she hasn't really done anything wrong that I know of. Um, so I think let her be a crabby totally jerk agree. if she wants to be. Totally. I, I, this is anecdotal, but uh, she she showed up. I did um, a fundraiser for a food bank. We did a chicken nugget challenge and uh, on my YouTube channel, and she showed up, and she donated a good amount. She donated yeah. almost a is thousand she just, bucks. Is she just crabby on the felt? Who I, cares? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, yeah. we don't know what happened to her that day that she was crabby to that one person. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the full backstory of all of it, but like I actually think that she was prominent during a really big poker boom. She, you know, what she did a good job being an aggressive woman within poker, and I, I think that her and Kristen uh, should both be in the poker hall of fame. Yeah, and just like this culture today of like, well, she's mean and this hat like shut up so like, you know she should be in the hall of fame put her in you know so we you and i we like to gossip yeah so Kristen foxen um it her and i don't get along politically and we've had disagreements uh regarding vaccines and politics and you and i don't talk about that on this show but no. i have to say like neither one of us have blocked each other um we like I don't, I think she's a, an amazing, accomplished poker player, and I really respect her as a poker player. And I don't think that like our political disagreements should t have any weight in um, my, my thoughts. I wanna objectively think about her in regards to her poker, her poker skills. So like her, Kristen Foxen and I don't, like get along well politically, but I still think highly of her as a poker player. So you got a little bit of backstroke. We had a little bit of a yeah. kerfuffle on Twitter. Yeah, and but I highly re I respect know, Kristen. I know, and I and I get it. And I know you're saying exactly what I'm saying here. So it's not like I'm saying you said something opposite. I don't even think the way somebody thinks politically or ideologies or anything else should have and I know you just said this, should have anything to do with somebody's art, somebody's career, somebody's talent. Like we, again, live in a country that allows us to have differences, that allows us to have the freedom, the freedom of speech, the freedom of opinion, the freedom of thought. So like I said, if, and you said it, if somebody is a great poker player and has those accomplishments, I don't even think that even should be mentioned because it makes zero I'm just, difference. I'm giving you some beef backstory because no, no, everyone it's the likes. Beef. I got it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. I'm just saying. So I agree with you that, yeah, of course, because. I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with this one, but I also think like 
you and I, and I've caught a bit of heat about this, but and I'll say it again, you and I being politically opposite, and this is not a political show, mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's my job to try to spend my all of my time with you trying to convince you of something different than what you believe or what yeah, you're what you know what I mean? Like I, I don't I think that we can be friends and I think it's okay to be friends with someone you disagree with on political matters or religious matters or whatever. You could decide to not talk about it. You can decide to have civil conversations about it. You can agree to disagree. It's just like so ridiculous to I, me. I think it's sad that even that topic has to be verbalized that it should be okay because how, how for it not to be okay and for two people to not get along because of different ideology is so ridiculous I, to me. So again, I'm a leftist, but there and I and I'm okay with criticizing people on the left and I think there are leftists and there's probably people on the far right too that do this that believe like you shouldn't be friends with people outside of your ideology. You should like really like get into arguments with everyone who disagrees with you. Yeah. Tell them why. And we both and, agree like, that's stupid. Like it's kind of like me being an atheist. Like I don't feel like shoving it down everyone's throat. Like, oh, you believe in God? Like why? You need a mythical character to tell you what to do. Like I don't, I don't think it's my place and I actually don't care if someone does or doesn't believe in God. I just don't want but it preached you just, to me. Let's not get on this subject, but you just basically said that's what somebody else Let's yeah, other people were expecting me yeah. to get on the show with you and like yell at you the whole time. And I just refuse to do it. And I think you're actually a good person. Fuck. I hate saying that. But you know, like, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm trying. I, I like to have a banter with you. But I genuinely wouldn't have done this show had I thought you were a shit person. So here I am. Well, gosh, kudos <laughs> to me. And yes, I am a Jesus-believing conservative, and you are my friend. And you will always crazy. be my friend. Yeah, it doesn't have to be crazy, because it's you are my friend, you will always be my friend. And um, ne- ne- none of that matters as us as just human beings being friendly. I'm friends with someone called Nit Tucci yes. with a VPIP under 20%. It's embarrassing. By the way, that bet you made me, you lost. What was your... Okay. <laughs> we made a bet in a show uh, that we did recently, and you bet that I was uh, going to be... Under 40. Under 40. So under what happened was you... 40 you, was... You fucked up, and you watched the Wednesday show. So Tuesday of last week... Um, no, you said Thursday. What was your Thursday? No, Thursday was 44. Jesus. Wednesday man. was 21. That's the one you happened to peek at. Yeah, and then yeah. Tuesday was 42. Damn. Okay, so I'm proud of you. Don't be proud of me. Pl- I, I don't ever want you to be proud of me. Shut up. No, seriously, especially for that. Don't be proud of me. Nope. I'm. I. But now let's try to get it above fifty. <laughs> You're almost fifty. I am. <laughs> you get above fifty. Worry about yourself. <laughs> I need. I need some money for a facelift. <laughs> the only thing close to fifty is you. Uh, I'm fifty six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm fifty six. Isn't it hard to believe when you look at such a specimen that I'm that age? This is where you can just tear me apart. This is what you were looking for. I gave you the platform. I teed you up to tear me down after you said such nice things. You know, when you say specimen, I'm assuming you're talking about <laughs> three of you because that's how fat you are. <laughs> Actually, I was referring to, yeah, I'm a sperm specimen. And then I grew. And then I grew. I went like this. You grew. No, you grew like this. <laughs> Although I'm growing in that direction right now because I have hey, not been taking that, care of myself. When we're done with this show, I'm hungry. 
So I just want to go on record right now. And by the way, we bet that if you won that bet that I was going to pay for your we, dinner. Yeah, Hold on, but time out. tonight, but we didn't say what I would do. No, so <laughs> you're paying for lunch. Okay, fine. All right. Um, so where are we going next? I don't know. I'm going to let you keep hitting me with, uh, just pelting me and I'm just going to keep talking. We can talk about Dan Bolzerian because I feel like we've been wanting to talk about Dan Bolzerian for a few weeks uh -huh. because I went to his house. So first of all, he was on Ooh. Poker After Dark. I can't believe he's 5'6". You told me that the other day. I mean, I don't know if Maybe he's 5'4". Five, five, he's shorter than me. Wow. And How tall are you? Five, almost 5'8". Five, mm, and I was definitely. wearing heels when I interviewed him. Mm. So I was towering wow. over Did Dan you dunk Bolzerian. on him before the interview? Fuck yeah, I did. Just come right over the top? He hates me now. Vince Cartered his ass? So uh, I interviewed him on Poker After Dark and uh, it was a mild interview. I made fun of him. He was wearing short shorts. I told him he looked like he just came off Gilligan's Island. <laughs> he didn't like that? He didn't like that. Uh, but I went to his house and I interviewed him. And nice. uh, Were there any girls there? So there were a lot of girls there. How many? Well, it depends. Over 10? He's got a compound. There were... Mm, Maybe just slightly over 10. It, there were like six or seven in his rec. He has a recreational facility. <laughs> so he has like a baseball, uh, like yeah. the thing shoots balls at you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Maybe you should and get one of those. <laughs> and should then he's get got one a, of like those. trampolines. Then he's got basketball court. He's got a whole facility. It's a fucking called the batting cage. Batting cage. Yeah. He's got an indoor batting cage. Mm -hmm. So he had a bunch of women in there. He has a girlfriend. I interviewed his girlfriend how also. Do, I, I want to know how that works, but we'll talk about it after. How does it work that he has all those girls and he has the girlfriend? So he he's, he's now in what I understand from talking to them in a monogamous relationship, but he still has girls hanging out. And like, you know, I, I always say this, there's no equation I think that is correct for a couple. Everyone has their own equation that works. Yeah. I agree. And so whatever they have together is what they have. Like right. who I'm not judging Dan Bolzarian's relationship with his girlfriend. Me neither. And so when I interviewed her at the time, and I'm I'm assuming they're still together, I don't know. But at the time they were together for a year, and she's a quite a nice person. And I don't they never aired the interview with his girlfriend. Uh, but she told me she's like, he's changed now, he's a homebody. We don't go out that much and we don't go to clubs that much. If we do, we leave pretty quick. And talking to him, it seemed like he kind of changed his perspective on a lot of things. Sure, people go through different phases. Yeah, and he, he said he was like trying to fill a void uh, with women and drugs or whatever. Yeah. And he realized that like he just needed a connection with a human. I always saw that when, when he was living that life, of course, like to guys like, whoa, whoa, I want to be Dan. But uh, I always saw an emptiness to that and it makes sense. And I'm sure he's uh, 10x happier. Yeah, it looked like it. Um, so he was a little standoffish at first, um, but I think it's because um, the media has portrayed him a certain way and I think he might be tired of that image. And I'm just, again, uh, saying this from my perspective and I could be totally wrong. Right. Um, but I, I think he was, it seemed like he was tired of what the media was portraying. And I had come to that interview with an open mind. I was trying not to be judgmental towards Dan Bolzerian. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hear what he had to say. And he was talking to me about some of the things that the media had portrayed about him that he thought were not true. Like when he threw the girl off the roof, 
Are you listening to me? I am. I'm just crossing out shit we talked about. I'm listening. I mean, I'm when not he, interrupting you. Aren't you happy? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. What do you Actually, want? My, yeah. You want my full attention and I can't interrupt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want you to hand solo yourself in cement and just stare. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'll try. You don't, you don't know I know Star Han Solo. Wars? He's Star Wars? Is Han Solo? Is that what you said? Han Solo? Yeah. He got frozen by oh, Jabba the Hutt. Oh, shit. How do I remember that? You never watched Star I Wars? I did, but I mean, what, like 50 years ago? Well, yeah, you are an old fuck. Right. I was six. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So, uh, what was I saying? Uh, Who cares? <laughs> Dan Blazarian was standoffish. Just your opinion, your perspective. So the media, he, short. he told me that the woman he threw off the roof Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, so she broke her ankle or something. I never right? knew about that. So he said that both him and the woman were paid to do this commercial by this company. Okay. And they had uh, tried the roof throwing thing a couple of times in preparation for recording the commercial. Okay. Into a pool? Into a pool. Yeah, he's not fucking That's... throwing her on cement. Well, I don't know if it was a trampoline. Oh, yeah. No, it was into a pool. So apparently when the cameras were rolling... And this is his, like, I want to have a good faith conversation with him. I'm assuming he's telling me the truth or yeah. he's not like making up like the story to be nicer in his perspective Never after. Hey, that could be true too, but I was trying to come into it with a good faith perspective. So mm -hmm. he told me that after attempting it a couple times, she, when the camera started rolling, she got weird and grabbed onto him as he was throwing her. And then it and then messed up the throw and she hit somewhere else. She hit. So... In some ways, I'm I kind of believe him because why is the girl coming on the roof with him? Like, if someone said, "Oh, just come on the roof," I'd be like, "Why am I going on the roof? I'm not going on a roof. Like, I'm going to sit at the pool." If you're if you don't want to, did she sue him? I don't think so. Oh, then he just got bad press from it. Yeah, and you know, who am I to say that his his side is not true? I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming he's telling me the truth. It was. It's weird to me to think like, oh, I'm going on a roof and not getting thrown off. <laughs> if I'm going on a roof, I'm getting thrown off the roof. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. You know what I'm saying? What else are you going to do on a roof? So anyway, he kind of gave me his side. And then so he gets frustrated with the media portraying him a certain way. And he knows he did it to himself. But anyway, we had one awkward conversation that happened in his gun room. Like being a certain way, like a womanizer? Like, what do you mean being a certain way? How? The, the way the media portrayed him. Yeah. So I think he fed the media this image and then they spun it. Mm. And then by the time he was ready to retire the image and settle down, the image had already... Dude, he went hard for that image. He yeah. has to deal with it. Yeah. So you're, he's like, dealing you with the repercussions now. can't and then expect it to go away when you're ready. We had one awkward conversation in the gun room. So the gun room is a room the size of like this studio area. It's mm -hmm. small. Maybe this maybe this room, but it, it's a small room. Yeah. Full. It's full. It's full of guns, which is fine. Um, and he starts going off on feminism in the gun room. So there's the GG cameraman. There's uh, me interviewing. How triggered Dan. were you? Huh? How triggered were you? Shut up. I was. I was. So what I was doing, and I'm. I'll tell you the story. So so. Uh, Gigi Poker executives there, the cameraman, me and Dan Bilzerian. And Dan Bilzerian's like, feminism, rah, 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 Vanessa Cade, rah, 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 rah. And then I was like, 
it was like 110. It, it was like hot summer Vegas. And there was no air conditioning or circulation in this room. And yeah. Dan Bilzerian was eating up all of the oxygen. Right. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like sweating. And I was like, this is so awkward. And there's so many guns around me. And I was like looking at the like, the Purdue or looking at the camera and looking at the GG poker executive. And I was like, can we just, can we just get out of here? And I like, didn't, I, I don't remember a hundred percent, but I remember like not really responding to him because the, the interview, I, w- I wasn't going in there as Barbara Walters. I wasn't like, Dad Bilzerian, you did this. Why were you doing it? You know, it was more like, So hey, you're saying he took a defensive posture and went in a direction that he didn't need to because it was in his gut? Yeah, I think I think he just wanted to, like, he had just had... So Gigi Poker asked me to interview him because they wanted people to see who Dan Bilzerian was and hopefully people yeah. would like him because people were... They were getting uh, backlash for hiring him on Gigi Poker's Did the interview team. get used? So yeah, it got part of it got used, but not the not the gun not the room rant. part. Not the rant. Not yeah. the rant. Yeah, and so uh, he had just had that fight with Vanessa Cade. He called her a hoe, uh, the rake hoe. Not the, rake the ho, yeah. not, <laughs> no, that makes sense. And and so he kind of went off in that gun room about feminism and, and Vanessa Cade. And I was like, did you guys it, chat about that after, or did you let no, it, you let it die? It, it, that was not the type of interview. It was a, hey, let's get to know Dan Bilzerian. Let's make it light and sweet. That was that interview. I was not there to Barbara Walters. That's so him. hard for me to imagine you keeping your mouth shut. Look, there's 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 different jobs for this type of work, right? Mm-hmm. You, If you get hired to do an interview... I think it was they, good you did. If you get hired to do an interview and the per, the job of that interview is not to fucking get in his throat in his face about stuff it's like hey let's walk around the mansion let's get to know dan let's just yeah. talk to dan's girlfriend that's the type of interview it was if they wanted to hire me to get in his face and stuff i would have had to prep i would have had to look at all his previous interviews yeah, I get it. read articles it. and it, it was a soft interview and like admittedly it was just like it was supposed to be like a casual fun interview that's what they hired me for mm-hmm. and like why would gg poker who just hired dan bilzerian want me to go in there hard hitting no, let's I go don't, let's I don't fight think they would. You know? no i agree with and you i think also, you did right yeah so like you have to know what you're getting hired for if they if i was like hey i want to attack dan bilzerian i would tell gg sorry like this is what i plan on doing and then they wouldn't have picked me for that job so you got to understand like not everything it has to be an interview where you're trying to like corner someone and get in their face you know what i mean i do oh because that guy the The what the the (laughs) ready so sure yeah i'm ready so nick um I know you don't drive a Honda Civic. Why is this car type following you? (laughs) Why did everyone in the chat talk about Nick Natucci and the Honda Civic? Yeah. What's going on with that? Well, because I was on stream uh, one time and we were talking about uh, different trolls and different things and experiences. I think Garrett and I were talking or somebody like about people, you know, uh, not only commenting to you, but messaging you. So you get a lot of, when you play on a live stream, you get a lot of messages. The majority of, there are a lot of them that are good and people saying, keep it up, good show or whatever. But you do get a lot of, uh, even Garrett had mentioned, you just get a lot of weird stuff. And so I got DM'd and I didn't know who it was from until I went to look at the thing after I read it. And paraphrasing, it said something to the effect of, you are a POS 
scum and I hope someday you are found dead and dismembered in the trunk of a Honda Civic. That was the message to me. Well, there's worse ways to die. Yeah, and plus, you know what I thought, first of all, is like, That's so I'm terrible. not gonna fit in a Honda Civic. So this <laughs> At is- At least in a Accord. So this isn't fair, first of all, okay? Then the second thing I thought is, you know, maybe he's flirting with me. I don't know. And so- It's his kink. Right? And guess what? I looked at the um, uh, the profile. It is a guy that has about a hundred pictures of him in plastic underwear, whatever those are. What is it called? Uh, the leather, leather, pleather, and you know, with like ball gags in his mouth and like all sorts of things. And he's just like, hey. And so you know, I you know, and then I'm thinking, well, maybe this is a form of flirtation. I don't know. So the Honda Civic thing became a thing, and I was insulted because I thought it should be at least the back of like a, a Lincoln Continental, something big, spacious, something roomy. Where if I am in there, whether I'm in one piece where or, your dis ego or could dismantled, fit also. yeah, where I could put my ego and you know this big burly body. I just I don't want to be cramped in the back of something like that. So that's what, honestly, that's what I was more upset about than anything. If he would have just picked a different car, I think we could have made it happen. You squished in the back of a Honda Civic, rigor mortis kicking in and we can't get you out. That would be Yeah, funny. that's just not good. It's not fair. It's Sorry, not it's not, I, I mean, I my, my humor can go really. Care less. I, no, so I made, I made those like gagging faces because I obviously, get weird shit in mm, my yeah. uh, DMs. And the weirder it is, the weirdest ones, honestly, once I do a little bit of sleuthing. What is sleuthing? I, sleuthing is just like uh, research going and- mm, You're a sleuther. I'll sleuth sometimes mm. if I'm in the mood, if I'm, you know, Are if you I'm focused. Sleuther? But sometimes they'll send me like creepy messages and then I'll sleuth. I'll go on their Instagram. I'll yeah. go on their Twitter. And I'm like, oh, is that your wife and your kids? Oh, look at that. Oh, you tagged your uh, wife? And I'll take a screenshot of the shit they say uh, to me. I'll message their wife. And you've I'll be, done that? Oh, yeah. Oh and I'll be like, God. hey, is this your man? That's scary. <laughs> Fuck. Well, what are you going to do? What happens? When your Give husband... Me when your me. husband sends me messages like telling me the raunchiest stuff, it's always like the married dudes. Gosh, those guys, they're just so bored. So what are some of the responses you got back from the wife? I actually, um, I haven't done it a whole lot. Like I don't like to overdo, like I have a lot of weird DMs, even DMs from people who are like kind of a little popular, but I, I have, kind of a thing where I try not to, I don't ex I don't show DMs. I have a rule. I don't show any DMs no matter what. Except for to the wife. Uh, so I've, I have only done it like three times to mm. the wife when it was really bad. Most of the time I'll just block the person. Yeah. Cause I just like, I'm not in the mood. I don't have the time to sleuth. But if it's really bad and then I find that they have a wife, I'm like, this is really terrible. I would yeah. want to know if Guys, I was married. If you're going to slip, is it slip or slide? Slide into Valerie's DMs. Just make sure you have a fake account so you can't get dimed off. Well, That's I just mean, my if you have advice a fake, to the guys. If you have a fake account, you probably, which most of them do, because they'll have zero posts oh, and, they and they're following a, all women. They, and they can make a fake wife. Sure. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it. most of the time I just block the people. But yeah. I do get a lot of like weird, you know, mm. you like, hey, invest in my crypto. Hey, I'm a teacher in Louisiana and I need a hundred dollars. I do the same things because I get like so many DMs from women that are married and they're like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, do you know what your chick's doing? No, I don't do that. I don't get any. All I get is people that want to kill me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, 
So I wish I had this. I wish I had your problems. If you want, here's the translation. I wish I had your problems <laughs> because mine are pretty, pretty dark. Oh, I get people who want to kill me. I just got people who want to kill me, and you get all these people who just want to like flirt with you so, and tell you you have nice knit tuchies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I took a screenshot of someone saying <laughs> Valerie has nice knit tuchies. <laughs> so, you know. So, uh, speaking of comments, you've t- you've photocopied, printed out as a m- as much as I love to make fun of you about that. Some comments from our videos, right? Yeah. Well, you said you wanted to do viewer comments, so I just I picked out a few. I thought I was going to have to be ready for you because, like, there's so many bad about me, and they're like hard to find about you. The but, people are are actually most. No, they've been pretty. People nice. really like but the back, show. Back to this shit, though. Like, which is really funny. You busted my balls about writing out stuff and having whiteboards. But guess what Valerie was doing today back in the gin room? She was back there writing her own damn notes. And I'm like, oh, so I guess uh, we're just going to adapt. He gives me photocopies of the notes. Mm-hmm. And so I was just adding in, penciling in, you know, a little bit of this little penciling in my own notes in between his <laughs> notes. But yeah, so g- give us a few of the comments. Say the person's name because we got to we got to give Sean him a shot. Niven. I think Valerie and Veronica are both great. Aww. That's nice, right? So I that put nice really ones nice in there one. too, too. Uh, great stuff. Love Veronica. Tough, smart, cool lady. Who is that? <laughs> uh, My account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Veronica. No, it's H. Burke. Shout out to H. Burke. Thank yep. you. Uh, okay. I want some funny ones. No, I know. I know. I don't know why those are at the top. I like your VPIP. Nick is crushing it. Really love the show. I don't want to say good things about me. Forget that. <clears throat> How does Nick's wife from Error Eliminator, he's all over the chat, so he's popular in the chat pro. How's Nick's wife allow him to get 300 tickly massages every session for two hours? Yes. That is the question. That's a good question. Why are you getting all these tickly massages? Because I can. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Look, so look, I uh, if I can interject, I don't think that there's a problem with getting massages like i i just like i'm not a jealous partner when i have when i date someone i just don't care i don't have the energy oh my god you want to get a massage like <laughs> if cares? you're gonna I'm go home a with a massage table getting scratched and rubbed yeah like, so it's what? so silly like no one no yeah. one's like it's like falling in love with a stripper only idiots do that that's right that's so right just like go to the strip club have fun like no one's no one's marrying yeah, a stripper. People are Calm so, down. Uh, panties are always so bunched about things. Anyways, Vertucci makes a better Ed McMahon than a Johnny Carson. You could, you Isn't Ed that? McMahon dead in a well, Honda Civic? They might be both. But Ed McMahon <laughs> was Johnny Carson's sidekick, and every yeah. time he said something, he'd go, oh! So, I'm Ed McMahon. Uh, let's see. Don't listen to fools who trash talk Veronica is the best. Why is that in there? Because they love me. You got to give the person a shout out. Fucking love the Welcome to the Jungle from Poker Stiff. Fucking love the, the Welcome to the Jungle intro music. GNR rocks. By the way, it's a beautiful thing that at Veronica Brill cannot tell the difference between a tiger and a lion. <laughs> I was not raised in a zoo. Wait, 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 wait. Let's backtrack because we're, we're potentially losing our music. Yes. Yeah. We're having to pick another song because we got denied on the copyrights for Welcome to the Jungle. And I'm going to tell you something. Does your heart hurt? I'm crushed. Did you cry in the fetal position sucking Honestly, your thumb last I'm gonna night? I'm going to be honest with you. That bugged me all last night. Yeah. Yeah. It crushes me. I love that song. Did you song. cry in the shower? All Were you my able shows... to shower? Did your shower work? Yeah. My shower works and I shower. I shower you with a bucket. You don't shower. You bucket. 
I'm from a third world country. Well, this guy says, Thomas Hamilton, you you may know that the Jim Rome, I don't know, Jim Rome show had the I same intro Rome. music for branding purposes. You might want to pick a different track. Well, guess what, Thomas? I have no fucking so choice. I'm not a big sports person, but I used to listen to Jim Rome religiously because he's so entertaining and he had a good blend of entertaining sports topics and like things that regular people could like yeah. listen to. Yeah. He had such good shows and yeah. breakdowns. So yeah. yeah, you're gonna love this one by Giovanni Scholz. Brill doesn't seem like a good long-term fit. Her <gasps> jokes are off. Arrogance combined with ignorance doesn't usually equal great listening pleasure. Not knowing what shedding weight is, but expecting everyone to know Gino. Maybe that's about the Ronnie thing, shedding weight on the horse. I don't know. But anyways, he doesn't oh, like you. <clears throat> well, I mean, now now I you have someone who empathizes with you. The pain that you go through by having me on this show with you. Okay, Nitucci, hashtag Gossip Girls, hashtag Man Card, revoked. <laughs> <laughs> revoked. You know, so, so half the time I text Nick, I send him the XOXO Gossip Girl. Ah, uh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I will gossip with anybody. Um, do you want another mean one? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't know who chose Veronica to be the co-host, but it was a fucking horrible choice. GREC562. Thank you for your patronage, <laughs> sir. Can we trade Veronica for Ronnie, Stephen M? Ronnie would be a good choice, but you wouldn't get a word in. Yeah, you're you're a good choice. Does he have a, you're a actually blonde a good wig? Choice. What? Does he have a blonde wig? Um, it could be arranged. Yeah. Yeah, and then someone that wrote that, you wrote back, go watch other podcasts if you don't like women. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like I like a little bit of sassy responses. Yeah, yeah, Daniel, uh, Big Chief. Uh, this oh, this was just uh, yeah. Nick shit talk was funny at first, but it's too much. Can you imagine Jamie shitting on Joe Rogan every episode? Who's Jamie? I guess maybe someone on Joe Rogan show. Is that his assistant? Oh, Jamie might be his uh, yeah. assistant who puts things up on the screen for him. <laughs> this is really funny. This one's true. This is from PM. Veronica cuts Nick off all the time and then tells him not to interrupt her. <laughs> That's so true. PM. Cheers, bro. Okay. Did you send him a bottle of wine for No, that but comment? I should send him something. Shit. He's your best friend now? Uh, wait, let's see. Is the microphone close enough? I don't have any friends. You know that. Is the microphone close enough to your mouth? Uh, now it is. I don't want to read this one because this edifies me and that's not nice. That's not good. Oh, this one's good too. Honestly, I think Nick's going to be the next Joe Rogan. Well, I copied his logo. Everyone tells me that. And I did the music and I got the wood on the wall. So I'm doing my best. Um, <laughs> this guy, let the guy speak, Nick. This is literally why it's called the Nick Fertucci show. It's just him talking. Jeez. Hmm? Sounds like I'm not the only one interrupting. <laughs> Uh, Dan, TRA, love the episode, Nick, as the only host is way better. Sorry, Veronica, you're out. So, so speaking of negative <clears throat> comments. Oh, good one. Yeah, give me that good one. Brill is such a mess. This is by Giovanni <laughs> Schultz. Oh, this is by the same guy, Giovanni Schultz. He likes to get in there and say mean things. Brill is such a mess. How did she ever make it on this show? Loving hearing Nick and guests, but Brill is just so full of herself with absolutely no cred. He hates women. Oh my God, he hates you. Good. I like and it that's that when you said, me. that's the person you said, go watch the, okay, got it. Okay. 
This broad isn't going to last. She thinks her opinion is more important. Always cutting Nick off and plays the victim. Koozie <laughs> Van Pumper is his name. Koozie Van Pumper. Word, Coos. <laughs> Are we done? Or oh, This one, Valerie, is so cute. Oh, yeah. Well, I am. Duke I mean. and King, 64. So him and his dog. <laughs> so if you're looking for a family... Uh, Oh, this one you're going to love. Guaranteed Veronica becomes a lesbian after spending so much time with Nick. I, I Too mean, late. It's, it's happening. <laughs> Too late. It's in progress. Are we done? Or because I got more. Is that, is, are we over? Yeah, yeah I, we'll I'm read over more it. later. I'm over yeah. it. It's, I would be too if I was you. I was kind of hoping you would get in there and uh, really lay me out, but I didn't find that many bad about me because I'm amazing. Okay. Yeah, because you only printed out the good, the ones that were bad about me. <laughs> well, I thought we were going to have a duel, but you didn't well, print I mean, anything. Speaking of duels, mm -hmm. like you were having a bit of a duel with JJ from oh, Live at the Bike. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you so look, anything said, in confidence. He tells me stuff in confidence and I'm like, don't worry, I won't say anything on the show. Oh my God. Okay, so we do have a rule. We XO, XO <laughs> gossip girl. We do have a rule. That's true. We do, we do have a rule. Other than anything nasty or anything really uber, like not appropriate, we have an, uh, like a King's X. We could ask each other anything and we said we want this show to be one where you like really talk about things so I will give you the fact that that is within our rules but you always do this so <clears throat> but I'm not gonna I'm push, giving the people what they uh, want yeah I know I'm not gonna puss out and not answer you and be Switzerland but I'm gonna answer you a little bit watered down Just give us a backstory I'm not gonna read what? the DM that I got so JJ <clears throat> oh, is the executive producer at Live at the Bike no he's not he, what is he? used to be one of the owners at Live at the Bike and they sold out to Bally's, and now he's head of commentary. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I don't know. You guys figure it out. So, all right, you ready? Yes or no? I'm ready. I'm, I've been ready since 1999. Go. Is that when you were born? Yes, exactly. You figured it out. <laughs> My age. So young. All right, so. Um, yeah, so on one of the shows, you probably teed me up and I probably said things about live at the bike and I was talking the phrase I used that he referenced was when I was talking about Ryan why he left he said his owner and this is Ryan's words that the owners were basically lazy they didn't want to put up the same work as him and there was another word I used lazy and something and I don't remember what it was and so he DM'd me and he said hey paraphrasing uh, it's come to my attention from someone who has sent me some snippets because I would never watch your show. Uh, uh, some snippets. Of, Why would he not watch your show? Well, he's just telling me he's not. He's trying to tell me I'm not watching your show, but I'm aware of this because he, he's probably. It's a little petty to say bullshit. not to watch. He's the watched show. every episode. And yeah. He probably watched it like five times. Okay, so, <clears throat> but whatever. That's that he wanted to protect himself and say that. And and but and like I heard you say lazy and this and that. And, you know, and I've take I've turned down many occasions to and i you know i was just telling you basically well ryan left like you people you asked we talked about it I, that's the answer and he comes on uh another day here soon we're gonna do an interview with ryan he we're gonna ask him about this and he said i just turned down a lot of things to say anything negative and i think you should do the same and blah 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 and i messaged back and i said i'm not gonna say exactly what i said but i said pretty much bullshit like, don't give me this shit. I prefer you just hit me and say, let's stop, or maybe don't do this or this, but don't tell me you've passed up on opportunities <clears throat> to say shit because I have signed affidavits for you saying shit massively that if it keeps up, because I've talked about this, that if it ever came to that, I got you. 
Like, so don't tell me, like, don't come to don't me. Don't test me, girl. Don't, don't do that. Like, don't tell me you haven't said anything. I said, just recently on your show, you were, you were commentating with another commentator and there was this guy, Julio, that said, ooh, does this look like anyone you know from the other show? And it's a guy with a hat, glasses, and totally like when they know he's talking about me. And then he said a bunch of derogatory, and you guys could go back and find the episode and watch it. And he said a bunch of derogatory things without using my name. Can we still find Live at the Bike videos? Or are they still behind a paywall? <clears throat> me who knows who cares so either way uh so i said and you made reference to this and you did this so please do not approach me with this bullshit. Yeah. like if you want to come in a different way then do that or take accountability for all your stuff because all i said was that you were lazy and that's what ryan said and like whatever and he said something else i'm not going to respond back anymore because of all these words you used because i said fuck off you know whatever i said and that was it and so i told you about that and now you brought it up and to be honest with you i know i said this before like unless you ask me or unless someone asks me or unless it comes up i don't even think of them like i really don't the only time i think of them is okay we got a high stakes week you want to go let's go and we put together a week i mean other than that it's it's the biggest fucking low calorie nothing burger ever to me but we will have ryan the on the show here yeah we will have ryan on the show and we're going to get his take on his his exit from there and we're going to talk about it because to be honest with you like there's some people that were commenting in the comments that said this is so cool that you guys are basically lifting the veil like on why this happened why there's a hustler show why you left why you don't play there why ryan you know about this player about that player and so these the people love it as you know because gossip is gossip, gossip sells and we I like guess. it and again yeah. like uh uh we, you and i joke around and, and hamming it up a little bit for the show but like sure. we don't mean anything personal against anyone when we talk it's just you know we, we i meant every word i said when i've been asked about the bike yeah but i want no beef with them uh anything we talk about the only friends nothing i i think those guys are great i watch their podcast i i uh interact in it um i like when they have interesting topics i definitely want to tune in so no there are zero zero bad intentions and if there was i would say it like i'll I'm not, I don't shy and away from I, that stuff. I don't think they're behind a paywall anymore because of you guys. I well, was, I was, not, I was joking because they used to be behind I know, the paywall. I know, yeah. Um, so, so speaking of poor behavior, yeah. Um, we had uh, Nick Airball mm. apologize for some mm. of his poor behavior. Right. Uh, there's clips out there uh, circling around uh, Twitter. I mean, I've seen a few of them, and he went out and apologized, and then. Hustler Casino Live came back and said that you guys accepted his apology, but that behavior won't be tolerated anymore. That's right. So he's allowed back on the show. Yeah. So what happened was, and we'll get into a few of the things Nick did because we're talking about it. And I just want to preface: Nick's twenty-six years old. He's young. Uh, he's he's a young. young. He's a young man, and uh, he's got a good heart, and 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 I like him. And uh, but sometimes like those type of things are too much. And then when he does put a little alcohol on board, it goes too far, um, not even too far with some of the things he was saying that that see, because the casino got a lot of emails and a lot of calls. And because they got the emails and calls, it's our show. We got them sent to us and we were taking a lot of heat from the casino because the casino doesn't want that. So this and, and, and we don't either like when it comes to complete vulgarity, like it's an adult show. It's a poker show. There's a bunch of men sitting there, women. Like, 
poker players, like it's raw. We don't edit out the curse words, like whatever. But there's a certain level where enough is enough. And there are certain people watching. It's offensive. It's not right. And anytime it goes towards another player, even if the other player is okay with it, it's not a good look. Like, for example, he said some things right at the end of the show to Ling Ling. I don't remember what they were and I don't care to repeat them. And uh, she was fine with it. To be honest with you, I've talked to her on the side. She's like, I don't care. I've been in the poker world forever. Whatever. Fucking Yeah, as a woman, like, you're just going <clears> to <throat> like hear She's that. just good. Like she, And I love her. It doesn't her. mean it's By the way, fine. it doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I love her. Like, I'll, I'll go into that after. She knows I how think, to maneuver. Dude, I mean, she's, she's playing high stakes. Dude, she, the, some of the things she says to me during hands and after hands, she beats me in hands. I would literally be seething if someone did it. But the way her demeanor is and how she really is, and she's so pure, I think she's the best. Like, she's great for our show. But back to the point. We got a lot of heat and we didn't like it. And I wasn't there that day. I was home. I didn't really know it was even happening until I heard about it. Um, because if honestly, I think if I was there, I would have done something, not just about the one comment to Ling Ling or this, but there was too many. It, 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 it was taking over the show in a way where it was too much. There's a, there is that balance of table talk. And, and, you know, I'll be the first to say this. And Nick knows this again. I want to preface. I like him. I, I think he's a good person, but I personally have had issues in games because it's too overbearing. Like I like needing, like say Chris and I, Chris Ludacris, we have a rivalry and, but sometimes enough's enough. And so we needle each other. We make comments. I call him a donkey. He calls me this. We he says, shut the fuck up. Like we do things, but it's, it's totally in a different platform, like a different way. It's framed differently. And so, but like when Chris loses an, a really big pot or I do, we shut up. Mm -hmm. Like there's a cooling off period that like, even if you can take it, like Nick says, he can take it doesn't mean you should dish it out. And there are times when like someone's down like 60,000 and it's not comfortable for them. Like it's a number yeah. they're not coming. He might be okay, but they're not. And so there's just a point where you have to stop. And I just like the players players it's so funny when it comes to like straddles and this nobody says anything they always come to you later me or this and they say things and they're like it's a little too much and they get tilty and they don't and feel so, comfortable <clears throat> in the moment so i've tried to yes they don't want to do it or be the rat or to be weak or, or i mean on television yeah, that's they're being embarrassed. viewed by a right. hundred thousand people strong, right they don't want to look like they're aggressive towards someone who's being yeah like, you know so really I've, I've even said even before this incident please tone this down even for me i'm not oh, you told him before that oh, show i have i tone it down and i and again i hope nick i'll have nick on and we'll talk about it because i'm not saying i'm not trying to put nick down at all i think he's a great guy it just it just needs to be toned down even for me like when it's up here and then and uh, the needling's fine but when it becomes so much and it's dominating every bit of air in the room and you need a minute like even to think or to play or to relax or maybe to enjoy yourself like there's times where i haven't i wasn't enjoying myself with him in the game and i went to him and i said dude you have to tone this down i'm getting complaints from players that don't want to say anything and they're still they're still broing you and they're still trying to be cool but it's like just a little bit like still be you know i don't know if he i don't know if if he just it gets enjoyment out of it or he wants to build a brand and you know now he's buying in for like 500,000 and doing things that don't need to be done and that goes back to the like straddle thing and betting 4,000 like right on the flop no matter and it's just like some of these antics including the drinking including that were just like hurting the flow of the game and then when it went into of course like something with Ling Ling and talking about his thing and different things then it's just like that's got to stop like we got that is enough 
And so what happened was we, the only thing we could do was this. No more for now alcohol for you on the show because it every time this enhances it. Mm -hmm. um, a week off, who cares? He probably yeah. wanted the week off. Um, and then like if it just continues, you just can't play. And I don't want that because I like him. And I hope he's not taking offense to this because he's one of my players. Uh, it doesn't sound, it sounds like objectively sounds fair, a right? fair thing. Yeah. So a few things. Um, when you're trying to be funny or you want to talk, you have to know your audience. And it's not just with comedy. It's like, it, you know, let's just say we want to talk about a topic that we both highly disagree on yeah. and a, a very controversial topic, let's say. Right. I don't think that 24 hours a day, even though you're my friend, I can be like, hey, Nick, and get in your face about it. There's like times and places. There's ways to to say things that are like a little softer. And, you know, like if you don't know your audience, which your audience can change and the threshold for your audience, you have to understand those things. It can come across badly, number one. So number two is people will say this is not an excuse. But you and I were both a lot younger at one time, right? That's correct. When I was 25, I did a lot of stupid stuff unknowingly Agreed. or in the moment I was like, I'm so fucking cool. This is so great. And then like when I turned 30, I was like, that was the stupidest thing ever. And these are just growing pains that Agreed. someone goes through. And he's young. I don't know what he's going through. If if like he thinks he's funny or he he's going to learn quickly what's funny and what isn't when he starts to lose money because of it because he's not invited to games or people are just yeah. off put by him or he's offending someone so he's gonna have he's like pushing boundaries or crossing boundaries right now that he does like it seems like he doesn't get those boundaries or maybe alcohol is making sure that he doesn't see those boundaries but he's gonna have to learn these lessons somehow and maybe i mean like i saw his apology his tweet tweet apology and i think it's great that he was accountable for sure. that and like all we can do, and I think the poker community and any community has a lot of forgiveness as long as you're, you know, truly authentically sorry for what you did. And, yeah. you know, there's We're a lot of human beings, for, right? right? Right. And we make mistakes. And he's, uh, I'll say it again. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't say it. I'm not going to give him any customer service. I know he's a good person and he's a nice person. And to be honest with you, some of the stuff that's not too crude is actually funny. And he is a funny person. And I just think he just needs a balance. And the balance is, is like, I think he lacks with the alcohol and even without the alcohol, a little social awareness, just a little bit, because there are times where like you have to be able to read the room or someone's posture, even with me, like there's been a couple of times where at the table that I have been extremely unhappy with how he was acting and, and how I felt at the table and for him not to pick up on it is weird to me because I'm pretty easy to read when I get to that point. One time I quit an hour and a half early because it was so out of hand. The game was being taken so out of hand with the 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 500,000 on the table. I, I mean, I got guys sitting there with 10, 5,000 and again, they're pushing this, they're pushing the straddle. He's going all in every hand because he's having fun. He's got 500,000 and that's cool. And like, yes, there's a place for that. And there's a lot of players that want that amount of money on the table and they would love to play. Well, go play that game. Go play the Friday game and put your 500,000 on the table and go. But like... It's kind of like an when, intimidation when, thing. You have to have social awareness when like, when the owner of the show is telling you and looking at you like, this isn't funny. And then I get up to go eat and I don't come back. But by the way, when I went to eat, Ryan came down and he was like, what's up? And I said, and he goes, oh, I know. 
like I, I'm already getting complaints like this is like I know you're right and like it's killing our game it's gonna kill it's gonna we're gonna have too much attrition if if this is happening we got to take control of it and da 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 and I said yeah and I've been we've been talking about this for a while and I'm done like this has to happen that's what comes back to protect your players right and uh, and I didn't go back and and it, it's just because like I wasn't having a good time and I don't want to be on stream saying or doing things that are that are making them public i'm doing it now but i don't want to do it right in the middle of a game and so that's where it like came to a head and then that happened after that with the drinking and and the things that happened and you know i called ryan and i said hey i just got called from the gm and i got sent these emails and so did you and all these texts and people were furious and they were taking a lot of heat and i'm just like this stops today like we can't have this. This is he's a good kid. I want him on our show. I like him. He's got a great heart, but he has to understand. So we have to we have to take the alcohol out of the equation, at least at a minimum. And again, I'll have Nick on and I'll give him an opportunity to talk about it because I don't want him when he watches this to feel that I'm uh I'm attacking his character because I think his character is great. He's a family man. He's a good guy. Every interaction I've had with him off the felt and a lot on the felt has been amazing. I know he has a good heart. I've had talks with him. He's a he's he's funny. It's just this this one gear that he goes into, and I think he has a really good time when he's doing it, and especially if he adds a few drops. But of he's alcohol. unaware of everyone else. He's fucking unaware of it, like, and he's been told, and he's still unaware of it. But I just don't think he can help himself because he loves like needling and trolling and doing the things that like, and 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 and, and, and even if you did it in a uh, a balance, like you could do it a little bit. There's been times I'm laughing my ass off at him. Like where he's funny, like he'll say and do things. And I'm like, that's fucking funny. But slow down now and, and like know that that guy to your right is down 70,000. And when you're telling him Doesn't how horrible be he is and how bad he is and how much you're the greatest of all time and you're going to felt him again. And he's not smiling and he's just kind of like looking down and he's just like sitting there not saying anything. That's 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 a sign. Right. <laughs> It's you know, not funny. I, I shouldn't talk because I have been out of line a lot in my Veronica and Friends games. So I'm not one to pass judgment here. But he's young. I mean, I'm yeah. trying to tone it down. I'm going to so have it, him on. We'll have him on. We'll have him on. I have one last question for you before we're done. I'm okay. genuinely curious about this. I have, I'm scared. That I want to know the logistics. These, these Friday games, these guys have hundreds of thousands of dollars on yeah. them. Uh-huh. How do you bring... 200,000, 500,000 to a casino to buy chips. You have to, it's wired, right? There's no way these people There's are walking ways. around. Yes. How do you get half a million into okay. a cash game? Okay, so if you are a player who doesn't play on the regular, like every Friday, mm-hmm. generally speaking, you are going to wire the money. You have to wire to the casino. You got, Now we have to have, there's just this new rule. It has to be like two days ahead of time, which makes it really tough because poker players are not diligent. Yeah, they're not, they are people. not diligent. They barely show up with what they have, right? So now like the casino has put like a thing where you have to do that. They have to get uh, the, the cashier's checks. Actually, if you bring them, have to cash first. So they've even made it a little more difficult. But to answer your question, the, for someone who's not there on the regular, they have to wire money or bring a cashier's check. It has to clear the account. It can't be from a business they have account. to bring a cashier's check two days prior what well, used to be you can bring it that day and then somebody in compliance or something would would call and verify it and you'd be good now somebody put the fear of god into like maybe mrs flint or something i don't know who it was and and 
suggested that she like do this and it's bad for our game and it's bad for for business but we have to adhere to whatever the rules are and so now it's that and you can't wire money from a business account it has to be a personal account because that's why they have rules for money laundering and shell companies and stuff so you have to send it from a personal account you have to send a wire or you have to have a cashier's check that's cashed now for the regulars like say someone like Garrett or Nick Airball or all these players that have like you know half a million on chips they probably or, have a box or you something. have two things you have a player's bank which is just if you give a hundred thousand to the window they give you a check that says you have a hundred thousand balance you sign it and then when you get to the casino you give Tita or uh, Louie your ID and they go or you can go and they go and they bring you whatever amount you tell them you sign the thing and you go back and you have a running balance and you go back and forth or you have a box of just chips like a big box that goes into the back room and it's under key and you're the only one with the key and you can keep your money in that and and I have both and a lot of players have both so question for you has there ever been a dispute because I know the high stakes players like there's money being loaned back and forth like let's say Garrett loans his buddy who's going to play on Friday yeah. half a million dollars yeah that would never happen Hypothe but your point hypothetical yeah. situation yeah. Yeah, yeah buddy loses the money huh uh and then Garrett, you know, somehow it was done through the, can, can it be done through the casino where the casino, then he owes the casino the 500,000, but like, no. is there ever any like weird disputes no. where? No, you, you, a casino will not get involved in your transaction. So if, if using Garrett as the person, if Garrett loans player X money, player X owes him the money. Just period. There's none of that like, hey, he owes it to my bank. None of that. And I'll even go a step further because Ryan and I run the game and we're technically promoters, we can't um, give anyone a dime. Not even one red cent, even if it was like, hey, give me a hundred, I'll give you a hundred back. We have to stay completely away, which I like because the players were depending on us and especially Ryan to like, that's a poker player. It takes responsibility like, off of you. How do you show you? up? Without a money, poker game without money. Like it's not a home game where you're going to get happen? a marker all the time. That's and, crazy. And then if and then if you feed into it and you're like, okay, fine, here's like 30k, but you know whatever. Then it's like now you're the bank. Like now there's they're never coming. You know, it's just like I'll pay you back. What's my balance? So it was like the best thing that ever happened. That compliance says your promoters literally you can't it's like against the ethic rules it's against all rules you'll lose your promoter license so i love it now because when someone says like and i was doing it at first was like guys that i trust like you know hey and there was a few guys that i'm like oh i really don't want to but what do i do but when someone says hey can can you can you loan me 20 no i i, I want to not but i can't and so now you just like guys listen girls guys bring money to a poker game wherever you go bring it cash in cash out man yeah in that in the great uh neighborhood where hustler casino resides <laughs> yeah. yeah in the great neighborhood of gardino and gardina and redondo boulevard let me tell you if i bring money to max Payne monday i'll give it to you here first then you can walk I'll it over for me i'll take care of it for you i'll take i'll walk which you which i am going to be playing on max Payne monday uh, like better so not this Monday, but the next time I come into town, I'll yeah. take the Monday off because it starts early and I I'm have gonna to work. I'm going to have to. I know our goal was we wanted to play on the same day once and like do funny stuff, but I don't know. We'll have to get like an exception. We'll have, we're going to have Billy on here in the next few days mm -hmm. and we're going to do, we're going to interview him, DGAF. Um, but he does run Max Payne Monday and I played once, I think. And um, 
it's those players a lot of them are beginning players and they do not want guys that play on Fridays and other shows to play on the show because it intimidates them so I can't really play on the show on Monday because they want because you're so intimidating no not at all I didn't want to say it like that no (laughs) I'm just giving you a hard time yeah like anybody like they just want their like group of players that are just learning the game and like whatever and uh so but maybe we can get an exception if you get on well look if you play blind I think it'll be it'll be good. You'll be playing with my Three skill level. Three more years, I will be playing blind. I'll be like 90. So yeah, I'll be playing blind soon by default. Well, I think this is a good show. We got a lot out. Yeah, it's not too bad. I think we, we, we talked it all out. Yeah. We talked it out. We talked it back. We walked it out. We walked it back. Okay. We're both hangry. Yeah. Time. And uh, for the... I'm starving. Uh, thank you for watching the Nick Fertucci show. I am Nick Fertucci and this is Valerie, AKA Veronica Prill. <laughs> and she is my lovely co-host. And that is a wrap. Envy out. You're such a pretty girl. I am a pretty girl. I slept with an inflatable girl. Now I got an inflatable guy after me. Envy out. <laughs> Bye. Your dad, Italian jokes.